So here's the thing, connection. What I mean by that is like true connection. And what I mean by that is basically once you see who like is responding and reacting and everything, sending them a DM that is a voice message so they can hear your voice and like Mm, saying their name on it and asking them for like a 15 minute coffee chat, not a sales call, not a pitch, just like, hey, let's connect. Let's like learn more about each other and everything. Those sorts of things, although they're not scalable, they're the things that make people feel like people and that you care about them as a person instead of a dollar sign or a number. And so stopping to take the time to do those things and being intentional about them is a tried and true strategy that lasts. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths. So sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. Hey, Juicy CEOs, I am super excited. You are in for a treat today because we have a queen up in the building. Today, I'm going to be talking to Tasha Booth, and you are going to want to sit up and pay attention and get those notebooks ready because if all of you guys here are thinking about launching anything, you need to be going to the queen who knows about the launches, okay? Because so many times, Monique has talked about launch PTSD, launch burnout, launch my ass. <laughs> like I'm finished. And I, when I discovered Tasha Booth and what she does in her programs, I was like, okay, you know, it's not an accident that this is so hard. Like it takes team, it takes squad. And she's going to talk all about that today. So let me tell you a little bit about Tasha. She is a agency owner, coach, and podcaster. She is the founder and CEO of the Launch Guild, a full-service launch support agency working with established coaches and course creators, and her team is over 20 members strong, and they do the work so her clients can focus on their zone of genius. She also mentors virtual support pros, launch managers, and agency owners. I'll be digging her. I'll be picking her brain for all of this stuff today, guys, and she is really passionate about helping them live their life on their own terms. She has also been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, and Entrepreneur Magazine. And she has appeared as a guest speaker for various summits and podcasts, including Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy and Julie Solomon's The Influencer Podcast. And after this, you're going to want to go check out her podcast, the How She Did That Podcast, because that is all about helping virtual support pros. So welcome to Tasha to the juicy CEO stage. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I can already tell this is going to be so fun. <laughs> and 
and our crowd goes wild. <laughs> no, I just, I'm so excited about this conversation because I've been following, like, you know, when you find someone online and, and someone's like, oh, you need to go check out this person. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll go check them out. But then when you check them out, you're like trying to dive into all of their stuff. <laughs> yep. And you're like, how do, how do I work with them? How do I get? And then I was like, Monique, how you get this girl on the podcast? <laughs> and that's literally what happened. You had a, it was like, like a four day challenge or masterclass online. And it was all about how, if you want to build your own agency. And I was at the time thinking about this. And my friend's like, you need to go check out Tasha Booth. And I was like knee deep for days inside of your stuff. And I was like, uh. how else are you supposed to learn this stuff? If you don't go learn it from the pros, I just feel like everyone's trying to DIY shit when you don't need to. Exactly. Exactly. I always think about it as like walking through the forest alone by yourself for the first time, like a forest that you've never been in. And instead of like having a guide that has been through that forest, you know, and like knows every stone, knows every like rock and crevice and everything. And how not to get mauled like, by a bear. Yeah, how not to, <laughs> how not to get mauled by a bear. And it's like, <laughs> duh, I'd rather go with the guide. Like, uh, let's do yes. that. <laughs> Actually, as you say forest, I'm just like, I don't like or camping. not be in the forest. At no, all. Like, and I'm just like most like most black people. That's a like stereotype. Most yeah. black people in camping are like really yeah. scared. But you know, listen, the people who do it seem to have a lot of fun doing it. But they have. Um, they look like they have so much fun. I will be at the spa resort that I just got back thank from. You. <laughs> I'm like glamping, yep. flushing toilet, all of those things. Yeah. Very important to me. But definitely, I will always take a guide in every sense, like wherever I'm at, mm-hmm. whenever possible. So I love that you've done these years of work. So we don't, so we don't have to learn and do this blind. But yeah. I would love if you shared with people because because of where you're at now. And we'll talk about like, just, you know, this, I'm going to call it like a mammoth, like agency, because that's, <laughs> that's how I see it. Because a lot of people are solopreneurs or have one team member or two team members. And I think you're like up to like 30 now. We're close to 30. Like that's yeah. madness it's, to me. Every once in a while, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and I just, I respect that so much, but I'd love to go back in time. Yeah. Go back to the beginning. Cause everyone likes to hear like, well, how did she get there? Where did mm-hmm. she start? So I'd love if you share that with people. Yeah. I always tell people that I fell into this business seriously by accident. Like literally it was because I needed money <laughs> and because I was tired of being in student loan debt and credit card debt. And I was like, you know, I have the time. I have two stepdaughters, but they live with their mom in Chicago. So it's mostly me and my husband. So I had time evenings, part-time weekend kind of things. And I basically just started with what I already knew. I was already doing some blogging and everything. And so I understood the online space from a blogger's perspective. So I just started helping bloggers and helping them with like their back end and their, you know, email management systems and all those things. And it kind of just snowballed really, really quickly to the point of where I needed help. And so I hired people very haphazardly. It was not the way that I, when I I think about it now, I'm like, what did, what was I doing? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I had heard that you're an eight quick start on the Colby. Yes. And I'm an eight as well. So I was like, Tasha's my people. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if people don't know what the Colby assessment is, like get, get to the be the knowing and save yourself all of the hassle of of yourself. So when you hired your first person, I would love to know because hiring somebody honestly like gives me like night sweats. Mm -hmm. Like every time I hire somebody new, I'm getting like I have like anxiety beforehand and then after and I'm like, what if this isn't the right person? And what if I invest all this time training them and then they leave me, which has happened Mm -hmm. a couple of times now, slash hiring team PTSD. You can add that to the launch. 
What yeah. was going, what was happening for you? What were you thinking? How did you do it? Like talk, talk to the people. Literally, I was, I think I put out a hiring post that was like, I'm looking for somebody who knows Pinterest because I was doing a lot of Pinterest management back then. And mm. so I literally just needed somebody to help me like pin and create pins and manage the Pinterest piece. And it was basically, it was a little bit better than like the first person who raised their hand, but not much better than that, you know, in terms of how I chose them, who I chose. And of course it didn't work out very well because I had no systems in place. I had no SOPs for them to follow. I had no, you know, like onboarding process or anything like that. Any of the things that we have now for our team Mm. members when they're coming on. So things felt very haphazard. They didn't know how I wanted it done because I didn't really even know how I wanted it done or how to communicate that to them. So yeah, it was, it was not good. That was literally how I did it too. I didn't even know what an SOP was when I hired my first person. Oh yeah, totally. I was like, I was like, I don't know what to tell you to do, but you said you knew how to do these things. So can you like manage me and all the other things? Yeah. Because I don't know how to tell you how to do those things. So yeah, I guess that's why the first two people didn't work out. Hear hear you on that. So what did you learn? What happened that had you, because now you have a robust team, you've got Mm -hmm. like, operation manager who I got to see her beautiful face when you did, your, you know, you did your training. And I was like, how did you like make that transition from haphazard Mm -hmm. to like, we actually know how to onboard the right people to help us grow? Well, I think first of all, as we were probably after higher number five, six, seven, or maybe even eight, we started letting our team know, hey, we are building this plane as we're flying it. And we would love your input into what you need, into how to make this better. And so we just let our team know, like, we know that we're not the smartest people in the room for a lot of this. And so we'd love to kind of co-create this with you. And I think that 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 was really, really helpful because as they started seeing things in their own zones of genius, they were able to say like, hey, I think we can perfect this. Or like, this would have been really helpful to know or to include in like our team welcome packet or onboarding or getting feedback on earlier rather than later. And so we were able to then kind of debrief in terms of when things go right, why are they going right? And when things go wrong, why are they going wrong? And add everybody's input into making the process better. Ooh, I love that. Mm -hmm. And then they feel like it's just like that part of a team and part of the purpose and the success of that business. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you had your first person and I'm like, guys, we're going to talk about her brand and all of these things, right? But I really like, this is such a piece that I find a lot of my clients are coming to you right right now with. So I know they're listening. So we're just going to get into it because I'm just Mm -hmm. like, they're hiring their very first VA, their very first person, a lot of anxiety around it. And after you had your first person, like what, how did... You decide, I mean, I guess the business came in, so you felt like you needed another person. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how did you make that transition from I've got this one team member to I'm an agency? So the difference, I think, first, the difference between having a team and having an agency need to be explained. So Mm. the having a team can be great. And having a team often makes the business owner still the bottleneck for things. Because a lot of times your team is in the background. They're not client facing. They're not basically replicating you so that you can get out of the doing of the client work. They're just there to kind of offer some support, maybe some like lower level things and everything. But everything still depends on you. If you get sick, things stop working, you know, and stop Mm -hmm. moving. If you go on vacation, you stop making money. 
money. And so with an agency model, you have people on your team that are the primary points of contact in, instead of everybody coming to you, which means we can replicate our, ourselves in that team multiple and multiple times. You know, I know agencies that are hundreds of team members strong. And so the, the income that you can make is no longer capped when you can work or how often or how big your team is, how many clients that you can take on is no longer capped because it no longer depends on you. So that's, that's a really cool thing about the difference. And I think that I started seeing that shift and we started making that shift probably about the eight person mark in terms of me realizing that I was the bottleneck in things and realizing that in order to make this work long-term and in order to grow, I needed to get out of my own way and let my team just be amazing. I love that. And as you're saying that, like my wheels are like, Monique, you're such a bottleneck at times. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Like you're such a bottleneck, Monique. Get it together. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So launching is your jam. And I talk, I've done launches. I do my own launches. I hire half contractors do parts and pieces of launches. Like there's so many pieces that people fail to understand. And they wonder why some like, I just feel like there's so many people online being like, I did this six figure launch or they it's not even like them. They'll like hear it from someone who heard it from mm-hmm. someone. I did this $50,000 launch. I did a $100,000 launch. And I'm like, no, you like what? Wh- how many launches did you do before that to get to that six figure? Exactly. Please? Yeah. Please tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And we're actually, we're about to launch a new group program now, specifically around the audience building, because we have so many people coming to us that are like, well, I heard, you know, just like you were saying, Mm. well, I heard that like I can do, you know, that I don't need an audience and I can do a $50,000 or $100,000 launch. Lies! That is a lie. That is, who is going to, like your mom is going to be the only one buying this thing. Like who is buying? (laughs) What would we do without mommy support? Like who is buying this thing? if you don't have an audience. So the audience building piece is the piece that I see go wrong a lot of times. And I do agree with you that people really aren't showing the receipts in terms of you launched and then you refine the process and you did it again and again and again. And we always tell our first time launch clients, the the revenue is great, but I need you to think about the revenue as a bonus and not as a thing that we need to focus on. We are building a foundation. We're building your audience. We are trying things and, and having data for the next launch. And if you make a lot of money, absolutely fantastic. But if you go into go in with the expectation that you're going to make $100,000, you're probably going to be disappointed. So mm. let's set that expectation of like, what are the other KPI, key performance indicators that we want to check out and know about in this launch so that we can make the next launch and the next launch and the next launch better and better. And I will even say, so I think my first program was four, four-ish years ago at this point. And I did a beta. It was like sales page was on a Google doc, definitely like complete beta, like had a PayPal like link that I sent people yeah, and everything. Yeah. You know? it. Yeah. I think I made like $1,500 that first launch. I just this year started having six figure launches and you know, it went, it went pretty quickly into like multiple six figure this year, but that's after four years of like four showing years up. Of showing up. Yeah. People. Nope. I'm telling, I should be talking to myself. Four years. <laughs> four years. Yeah. Doing the same, like, it, like iterating, keep like. Yeah. Like over and over. I freaking love that. I remember that Google Doc. That's exactly how I did my. Yep. Fr- it's like, you want this? Oh, here's what you get. Oh, you want to yeah. pay? Okay, here's the PayPal link. It yep. doesn't take away from the value, it takes away from the headache. 
exactly. trying to do all those pieces without knowing whether or not anybody wants this damn thing. Yeah, whether or not anybody wants it. And especially if you're a solopreneur and doing it all yourself, like the transformation is the important part. And it's the thing that people forget about and think that like they need all the bells and whistles right away, which is not the truth. It's a lie. Okay. A lies, more lies. lies. <laughs> so what do people need? What do you suggest people have before they even consider doing the launch? Like what are the, what are those key pieces? Non-negotiables. So yeah, non-negotiables are that they have been consistent in showing up for their audience and that they have an engaged audience. It doesn't have to be the world's biggest audience. It doesn't even have to be a big audience. It can be a smaller audience, but you need to know that you've shown up for them because then they'll show up for you. So I think that that's a really important piece and also understanding the promise transformation and the needs of your ideal client. So I think a lot of times people People haven't done the work in terms of market research. What are the pain points of our ideal client? We think we know them, but we're like seven steps ahead a lot of times. And so what we think the actual problem is for them in that moment may not be the actual problem in that moment. So really understanding that and then just being able to articulate the value of that. You know, what is what is the outcome that they're seeking? What is the outcome that you're promising in your program? And then you can go and create a Google Doc from there and be happy. <laughs> I love that you said that. We think we know what they want at that time, but when we're in it and we've been doing it, we lose sight of that. And it's so funny because that's literally what my last week has been because we are launching a retreat in 2022. Mm -hmm. And every time I would write the offer statement or send it to like my friend who's in business, they'd come back with a completely different, like they were like, Monique, did you ask your audience exactly mm -hmm. that this is what they want? I'm like, I speak to my audience every single day. <laughs> I know what they want. She's like, no, you know what they, what they need. What they need. Yeah. But what are they saying? How, what words are they using? Yeah. And it's like, when you can teach this shit, but I don't understand why for myself, it was so hard. Yeah. It's always harder when we're doing it for ourselves. Oh my God, you know, it's, so hard. it's always, always harder. And I had to remember that. So about, I guess, three launches ago, I decided to do some market research for us, something that I was actually relaunching. And I realized that like I was starting my webinar for brand new VAs at these are all the things that you can do as a VA and everything. And they were at the point of like, what is a VA? Like, why should I be a VA? You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, we uh, we there. start there. We, we, we had square, square <laughs> one. We had yeah. four square one. What is, you know, there were all these like stay-at-home moms and pe women who were wanting to leave their nine to fives and everything. And they had heard of the, the term VA, but they didn't fully understand it yet. And so for them to even like understand what they could do, they first needed to understand what it was and if they had the skill set in order to be able to be great at it. <laughs> oh my God. I love, actually, I would love it then. Can you define for people what a VA is? Because I have clients asking me what a VA is and if they need one. And I'm yeah. just like, what are you talking about? It's a virtual assistant. Like, yeah. Virtual but, assistant. Yeah. <laughs> but is there like, what types of of skill sets would you say like these are like non-negotiables yeah. So I think the term VA virtual assistant has become kind of an umbrella term because now VAs really specialize on a lot of different things. So you can have a VA that does admin that is there in your inbox that is supporting your community. That's, you know, helping you with graphics or scheduling social media and everything. You can also have something like a design VA who's helping you with graphics and helping you with like websites and everything. You can have a VA that does a lot of different things. So I think that the, the overarching,
overarching theme is that the person is helping you in a virtual capacity. They're not there in office with you and they are in a support capacity. So when I think about VAs, I think in terms of like task and implementation, right? So you give Mm. them a task, they complete that task, they, you know, come back for the next one, which is different than something like an online business manager, which is basically like managing the team and managing the overall tasks and the projects within your business instead of doing as much implementation as a VA would do. Very clear, Crystal yeah. guys. If you don't have one, get on it. Get a VA, yes. You, know, you can't do this by yourself. So speaking of not doing things by yourself while you focus on your zone of genius, I would love if you could talk a little bit about how does one, how does the business owner, what can they do to boost their exposure for their business over on social media? Because we've got to create the audience in order to launch them anything. What, mm-hmm. what are some of the things we need to be doing or stop doing? So I think this, let's, let's focus on the stop doing first. Okay. Right? Let's, let's focus on that. Let's stop being in all of the places and thinking that as a solopreneur, we can be on LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and in Facebook groups and everywhere and Twitter and Clubhouse. And some new platform we don't know <laughs> yeah, about yet. What, yeah, exactly. Really thinking in terms of where do you enjoy showing up? That needs to be the first question because I think people go, you know, they're, they're looking for where their audience is. There are 7 billion people on this earth. Your audience is everywhere, you know? And so if you are going to be consistent, you, you need to start with, am I going to enjoy this? Because the reality is that the consistency is key. And so doing it for the long haul is going to be the thing that, that brings you the biggest ROI. I really think that that, like when people are like, what's the secret to your success, Tasha? I'm like, I kept going when other people quit. <laughs> I was consistent. That's the secret. And so when we think about it that way, thinking in terms of like, I want to enjoy the ride because I'm going to be on this ride for a while. So let's enjoy it. And then going from there in terms of how do I connect with my my ideal audience and my ideal client on the platform that I'm choosing? So then there's consistency in that. So if you decide that, you know, podcasting is going to be the medium, like show up and be consistent in podcasting. If you decide that you're going to do an Instagram story every single day, do that and be consistent. I love that. Mm-hmm. Consistency is key, guys. You know, I've been talking about consistency all last week. Consistency. Mm-hmm. You heard it here yep. from the queen. Just that <laughs> sometimes, you know, people hear you the same, hear the same person over and over. So they stop listening. I was yep. like, see, I didn't just make it up. <laughs> I told you. Yep. I told you. So what are, is there any social media, I hate to say this, social mm-hmm. media trends or anything. I don't want to, I shouldn't even say trends, but I'm just like, is there something that there are things that I know that whether or not the algorithm, everything changes on social media, which it does change every five seconds, there are still things that will work. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you have seen either your clients do or things that you do on the platform of choice that you're like, this seems to bring in some really good like clients, yeah. audience engagement? Yeah. So here's the thing. Connection. And what I mean by that is like true connection. And what I mean by that is basically once you see who like is responding and reacting and everything, sending them a DM that is a voice message so that they can hear your voice and like Mm, saying their name on it and asking them for like a 15 minute coffee chat, not a sales call, not a pitch, just like, Hey, let's connect. Let's like learn more about each other and everything. Those sorts of things, although they're not scalable, they're the things that make people feel like people and that you care about them as a person instead of a dollar sign or a number. And so stopping to take the time to do those things and being intentional about them, I think is a tried and true something strategy that that lasts. 
Making people feel like people. I love that. I love that. And that's something I took on from my last launch, which was every single person who showed up, I would go through like their social media. Like some people didn't even have a social media profile. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to find you. But I would send that same thing, you know, like the voice message. Cause I was like, if I always like to think about it, like what would I appreciate if mm-hmm. I spent the time to be on an hour long masterclass with you? Yeah. It's like a thank you would be like, that's nice. You yeah. know, whether or not I actually bought your thing it is that thing that's different that not everyone will actually take the time to do. Because like you said, it's not scalable and yeah. it's not easy. So doing those things that other people won't do, I think will really have you stand out. So I love that. But like, you know, that 15, 15 minute coffee, to, like even just like going on and like uh, a video recording, mm-hmm. like on Inst- on your Instagram video. I'm like, I don't yeah. know the names of these things anymore. I'm like Instagram <laughs> messenger video. <laughs> that would be truly, truly, truly valuable. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about the face behind the brand because that's the jam <laughs> Monique loves to talk about. So I'm a big advocate for people want to know who they're giving their money to. Mm -hmm. They just want to know. So you don't get to hide out. You don't get to. So I would just love to know, like, is that something you, when people come to you and they're like, I want to do a launch, like these first timers, for example, they may have some audience, but like, do you look at their... They're on almost like their online credibility collateral mm-hmm. type of thing. Like, how does that play in to you even taking them on? Yeah. So I think what we look for is have they done the work in, in terms of showing up? And that that is the that's the credibility, you know, in in terms of it. And what we sometimes see is that especially if it's an, a first time launcher, they'll get close to the launch and they'll sh- start showing up less because either they're stressed out or they're like worried or yeah, they let like all the imposter syndrome kicks in and everything. And that's the time to show up more for the exact reason that you said that your audience needs to see you. They need to see that number one, you're a real person. Number two, that you're showing up for them even before the sale. And so that's, that's super important. And, you know, something that I, I do and live by all the dang time. (laughs) I totally agree. I'm, I put that as part of the launch calendar is the how long in advance do I need to now be in your ear show like and in your face like how many weeks in advance I should ask you how many like if you're I'm not going to say inconsistent on social Mm -hmm. media but you're not showing up every single day as you're doing launches you know right there on the horizon right how far in advance would you advise someone to start showing up consistently to start being like hey I'm here yeah I would say minimum six weeks Probably more than that, you know, especially if you don't have a large, large audience, probably more than that, just so that you're getting more of an audience as you go and you're building that engagement. So by the time you are actually launching, like that engagement is not a problem for you. You've already gotten that, but that's going to require the fact that like you've been doing the work in the, on the front end in terms of just showing up consistently. Love it. Mm -hmm. And in terms of their like visual brand assets, Mm -hmm. right? Like, is that something that I'm sure people come to you and some people have it and some people don't? Do you guys, you guys probably have a whole team that can create it for you? We don't create their, like, they need to come with, to come to us with branding already. And we basically, yeah, we take their, like, they need to, because our clients need to have a business 
of some sort already that's like established enough that they're not like, oh, I have no business and I'm trying to figure out what my business is. You know what I mean? That is not yeah. a good. Yeah. It's not like you need to wait to launch. Like let's, let's stop launching and work. go make money. Yeah. Go figure out what you do and who yeah. you serve first. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, they're usually coming to us with brand assets and then we just follow their brand guidelines in terms of all the things, all the deliverables that we're creating for them, like the sales page and the social media, you know, and Facebook ads and all that stuff. And so that brings me to, I would love to, for you to tell everybody, like, what are all the things that Launch oh, Guild does? I mean, yeah. people who may be listening and trying to assess, like, are they at a place mm-hmm. to work with an agency of your size? So I would love if pe- you could tell people, like, where do you need to be at? What do you need to have? And then what do we do for you? <laughs> yeah. Things. So I, I would say we, we definitely use the word established and established doesn't necessarily mean that you have launched before. We have clients, for example, we've worked with a couple attorneys who have amazing law practices and are now like, I've developed this process. Like there was a DUI attorney who had had developed a great process for getting her clients ready for court. And so she was teaching that process to other attorneys. Had she launched a course before? No, this was her first launch, but she understood the process and she had like a signature process for that, that she now wanted to package into a course. So we support clients like that. But once again, if you don't already have a business or don't already know like who you're going to serve and what you're going to offer, we're probably not the team for like that level of not knowing basically in terms of what we do. So our signature package includes launch strategy, a launch manager. We do all the design, the tech setup. We also have a a launch admin VA in your inbox and also on your webinars or on your challenge during those challenges to like help and support you, you know, in the actual webinars and everything. And then social media. Yeah. And then we have a social media launch manager who helps you with all your social media. And then the add-ons that we, we do for some of our clients are copywriting and Facebook ads. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's like this one-stop shop, baby. It it really, really is. And yeah, I early on when I was still a a tech VA and kind of still a solopreneur, I just kept seeing my clients like launch after launch after launch, need to hire and find like a Facebook ads manager and all these different people. And I was like, what if everybody was already vetted, already knew each other, already knew how we work together and everything, already had a great communication system, which is why I built the Launch Guild. (laughs) I freaking love that. Yeah. I know like one of the reasons people come to Launch Guild is Tasha Booth. I know you do what you do well, mm-hmm. but I'd like to talk a little bit about you as like your personal brand. Like, do you find that the majority of the people come to Launch Guild because they want some Tasha Booth? Well, and here's the thing. So they like, I connect with people because I'm in Facebook groups all the time. Like I just enjoy, I'm an extrovert. I enjoy connecting with people. Right. But I don't do 95% of anything in my agency at this point. She doesn't have to do all the things. She's just running the show. So literally we had a client last year who we did, I think we did three launches with him. So he was an, he is an Emmy award winning gardener, gardener of all things. So we probably spent like $50,000 with us, you know, in terms of support and everything. And finally, I was like, I should probably hop on one of these calls and say hi and introduce myself. That is the level of me not being in the launch exists. And it's because I have an amazing team that does amazing work and I can just trust them and mentor them from the back end instead of having to be present on those things. And I think it also goes to show that we've built a really great system in terms of our infrastructure, you know, over the last four or five years as well. Yes, definitely. Oh, those are, those are goals right there. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Hashtag goals. 
But when we look up like launch guild online, or we look at like, we look up for someone who does what you do. It's mm-hmm. like, there's Tasha's face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that is a big draw. I would mm-hmm. assume for people. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And I think a lot of our clients come to us because I'm a, a black woman and everything, and they want to work with, you know, an agency owned by a black woman or owned by a woman of color. How and many everything. are there? Exactly. Not many, especially not many doing like million dollar launches on the regular for clients, you know? So I think it's, it's absolutely amazing. And also one of the things that I was worried about in the beginning with building my agency was like, people are coming to me for me, you know, and, and want the experience with me and really thinking in terms of how can I still cultivate that same experience or at least a similar experience without me having to go back to being the bottleneck. So we've been really intentional about doing that and cultivating that experience and making it feel like I'm infused in some of the process without me having to be in the process every step of the way. Have you, are you allowed to share how you do that? Like one of the ways you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, there's a couple places where there's like a video of me and I'm like, okay, this is the next step. Or like, you'll be hearing from my team and, you know, 24 hours or something like that. Also, we have a really great gifting process and the gifts always come from like Tasha and the Launch Guild team. So there's, there's little, little places that are touches of me, sprinkles of me. Oh, smart. I love that. I like (laughs) it a lot. I like it a lot. So as you are building this huge agency, you know, multi, I'm going to say multi seven figures company (laughs) and for yourself, for others, like how does Tasha take care of Tasha? Mm -hmm. Like as a business owner? Number one, I love naps and I take one almost every day. Mm. 90 minutes, absolute minimum. Two hours is my sweet spot. That's beautiful. It's like, and it's something I have been a person who's required naps from like, as a child, I needed a nap and I would, I still go to bed at like eight, eight thirty every night. What time I'm do like, you wake up? Uh, like five thirty, six o'clock. So okay. I get a good nine, 10 hours of sleep and I've always been that way. And so just honoring that part of myself. So that's one of the things. And also I'm a huge believer in like, pampered self-care. So for example, my husband and I just came back from four days at our favorite spa in Scottsdale and it was like glorious. And we, I said to him, I was like, for richer, for poorer, we always do this. Like even when we were brand new couple and newly divorced, like we were each newly divorced and a brand new couple, like we always have prioritized, even if it was just like a day spa, like doing something that you know, was the pampering. And also I don't do things that I don't enjoy doing. And what I mean I by that this. is like, we have had a housekeeper for five years going on five years at this point. Like we have a landscaper. We just hired a personal chef that does our meal prep once a week. At first it felt, it all felt really indulgent. And then I found like when I have the space to not have to stress over the fact that like, I don't want to do these things, but they have to be done and they're looming over me. I then have the space to create and to engage and then I make more money, you know? Oh, and I love so, it. Yeah, it just, it works really well. I will be Scottsdale, you say. Yeah. Let's go. We can go like, together. I, th- I was moving in. I thought you needed a roommate <laughs> to take up one of the spare room with all that. Just, I'm all about that pamper 
life. Yeah. Like I just feel like when I'm taken care of, everything else is taken care mm-hmm. of. Exactly. When I'm not my best self. I can't be my best self. Exactly. And I feel the same energy from you in that I know you're going to, you give 150% to your clients, mm-hmm. right? And how yeah. do you do that without your fucking naps? And yeah, you know, you don't have to wash the dishes every five minutes. Yeah, exactly. So annoying as I wash the dishes every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I will be taking these lessons and getting my shit together. So I would love it if you shared what's the and I mean there may be it may be top secret but I'm curious I'm always curious to know when people are at the level that you're at with your business you seem Mm -hmm. happy you seem successful like what's the top of the mountain look like for you like what does when you're like I'm here now but I don't know I feel like you're already looking to the maybe that next big thing. Are you allowed to share with that? Absolutely. So originally our goal for next year was $3 million. This year we're hitting a million for the year. And (laughs) so exciting. We're like so close and I'm like, y'all. Put the money's energy out there, guys. Yeah. So now I think the goal for next year, the goal was 3 million. And then I was just like, okay, I don't exactly know how we get there, which is not a huge problem. Like there's lots of, you know, ways, ways up the mountain and everything. But I think I want, even if it was 1 million again, I want 1 million with more ease. Just stream. I think the the goal for next year is more like streamlining programs, making all of our programs more excellent and just enrolling more people into on the coaching side into our programs and it feeling like just easy. I love this. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love that ease. That's a big conversation I've been having with some of my mastermind and business friends. It's mm-hmm. like the ease piece. Like I would take less if I had more of that. And yeah. how do we ha- and why do I have to choose? Why can't mm-hmm. I have the million dollars and the ease? Yeah. And I think like go along the way, people were like, okay, you get $2 million and you kind of, you know, you hustle and you grind and, and it feels like a, a trudge and then you get there. And then the goal is, is to make it easier to get to another million, you know? Mm. And I was like, huh? Okay. And I didn't always get it when people were telling me, but now that I'm there, I'm like, oh, I get it now. I, I understand exactly what they're saying. Yes. I love that. Okay. So I would love to conclude with a quick fire situation because I was being recorded. I was interviewed yesterday and they did this really great quick fire. And I was like, I should be doing a quick fire on my podcast (laughs) because it's super juicy. Okay. So here we go. First thing that comes to your mind, favorite business book every entrepreneur should read. Oh, we should all be millionaires. It's my current favorite. So yes. Are we Schmilly sisters? Are we Schmilly sisters? We are Schmilly sisters. sisters. If you guys don't know what a Schmilly is, go look at it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If you had an extra $50,000, how would you spend it? I didn't. Could I save it or do I need to spend it? No. You're so responsible. (laughs) Would it be? Okay. I have additional questions. Would it be for business or personal? Either or. Okay. If it was for business, I would put it into Facebook ads. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a juicy piece of nugget. Yeah. An online mentor you wish you could meet living or dead. An online mentor. I've met her before, but Amy Porterfield. I mm-hmm. want to have lunch and dinner with her. She's so I like lovely. Amy. Mm-hmm. I love it. The number one business tool you're using right now. Typeform. We use oh, yeah. Typeform a lot for so many things. And it's one of those things that like, I'm always like, we could probably spend less money and you use like Google form or something, but it just works so well for us that we're, yeah. Type form. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite podcast you're listening to right now? Besides the juicy Z. Besides this one, of course. <laughs> Let's see. The Get Paid podcast. Claire's. Mm-hmm. I love that. Something you don't think people know about you is? 
I'm such an open book. I feel like people know like what I eat for breakfast. <laughs> I'm totally the same. Jay Lorray, uh, every, so she's my director of operations and every week we do like, Oh, what, what everybody do this weekend? And she's like, we know what Tasha did. It was all over social media. They were like, they can pinpoint my actual location. Yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. It's for everyone. True or false? False. Absolutely false. Girl, she's my sister from another mister. <laughs> Something you love about business that most people hate is. I love video. I love video. And people hate it. I know. People hate it with like venom in their voice. Because they feel like they have to show up perfectly. And I'm like, y'all, I have done Instagram stories at 7 a.m. in the morning with my bonnet still on and no makeup. And I'm just like, I show up. It's about that value. About that value, people. (laughs) Your favorite place to visit is? Spain. Oh, we mm-hmm. went right before the world shut down. Did you Madrid? Did you go to we Madrid? To, no, we went to Barcelona. I just remember, like, I can still taste the tapas. All of it. So that's our next trip. Yep. And the best advice you were ever given. My mom, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the cross. <laughs> now I got to call her. Oh, I love that. Well, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell everyone where they can find you. We're going to put all your info in the show notes, but where's the best place if somebody wanted to connect with Tasha? Yes. So I am on Instagram all the time, the Tasha Booth and the Launch Guild, two Instagram accounts. So the Tasha Booth and the Launch Guild. You know where to find her, people. Don't <laughs> sleep on it. Uh, and go back and re-listen because I know some of y'all will be out here trying to do some jankity dang dang launch. Okay? <laughs> all right, good. Thank you, Tasha, for being here. I really appreciate you. Keep killing it. Thank you. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at Monique Bryan underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.